Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, fellas. Um, uh, Lord, we got through the Denver Broncos, and hey, guess what? They're back again <laughs> next week. So that is a that is a blast from the past. We get to do the Broncos thing again. <laughs> uh, my God, thank God this is a somewhat interesting game. But the two win Chargers aren't so far away from the Broncos either. This is this is rough. Like I'm like I'm honestly I am starting to try to figure out content for the Broncos already uh, because this is, this is, this is, I mean, this is like the second bye week is what this is going to feel like, but they got through, got through that. But we do have some news though. Uh, the reunion that we all wanted, right? No, I ain't gonna lie to you. I never would have thought six games into the season that McCole Hardman and possibly Frank Clark <laughs> would be back on this team. Now, I mean, Maybe maybe you could have got me uh, ten weeks into the season, one of the holidays, maybe. But they they're back on the team before before Halloween, before trick or treat. They're back at it. I just I, all right. I I know how you all felt about McCole Hardman. This is weird because we know how you all have felt about McCole Hardman and how I have felt about the Frankster, and I just. What is what is this? I'll, I'll just start with this. Did are they better? Sure. Are yeah. they better today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's laugh. I guess. Yeah, like, <laughs> like if they were a if they were an eight if they were a seven today or yesterday and then McCole Hartman and Frank potentially get there, what are they now if they were a seven? But seven point three. Oh, I was gonna say seven point two. Yeah, so. they're better. Yeah. They're better. They improve marginally better. Better every day, buddy. That's that's what the Chiefs' mantra is, and they are uh, by the most technical of technicalities better today. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I just yeah. Listen, they need. I don't. I don't, I, I don't listen, know. Listen, I hated McCall Hardman or anything like that. I feel like you're acting like I trash McCall Hardman. I, I, I trash. Oh, I, did, I never said you hated him. You certainly trashed McCall Hardman. <laughs> like so you have I, certainly, you were screaming about Sky Moore getting more opportunities over him yeah, repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, and now they brought him in because Sky Moore has seven catches. So I I would go with this. I think if McCall Hardman was a fifth round draft pick that was expected to do very little, he would have been an overwhelming success in his time in, in Kansas City. I think the problem with McColl was always the expectations because some there was such a divide on how people viewed him. Some seemed to view him as like a future number one or number two wide receiver. And others, and I, I fall in more to this category, and I think Serta were kind of on the same line, lane here, 
he's a gadget piece that is nice to use in specific situations, but he's probably never going to be one of your primary pass catchers. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think the Jets learned that the hard way this year. And now that he's coming back, I think we all kind of fall into line of, okay, I know how he's going to be used. I know what role he's going to be in. And I think he improves that role, but you still have like another 60% of your snaps at wide receiver that still need to be improved. So if that's the way that they're looking at this, I have no issue whatsoever with bringing back McCall Hardman. I, I just hope that's the role that they're viewing him for. Yeah. I mean, Frank, Frank to me is just Chris's friend. Um, I don't like, I don't like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Frank, I'm not saying that he doesn't bring anything to the party. This is a guy who is, uh, you know, become big in the postseason. He has had moments and, you know, like, although I, I feel like there are guys that I, I'd rather see on the field in front of him right now or, or whatever. So he's, he's like Chris's friend. Uh, but McColl obviously is a need. And my thing is just where, how is he used and what are they going to do with him? Because I don't, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily believe the thought of, Hey, they've got so many guys that are already same size like that. They've got a Richie James. They've got a Sky Moore. They've got a Kadarius Tony that all do these things. I mean, maybe do any of them do it better than McColl? Like, I mean, I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even saying that like to, to, you know, Hey, I love it. But seriously, does it even even matter? And like you said, are they done? Like they just they so sorely need just somebody that can create separation and be halfway where they're supposed to be and scare somebody. And I think he does that better than anybody else right now. I'm not saying that this is some big time move or anything, but I it, to me there ain't nobody on the team right now, and I thought Kadarius Tony was going to be a better version of McCole Hardman. It just hasn't proven out. There's not anybody on the team that does that better than him. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, I think this is a clear upgrade for them. I think there's two areas specifically that the Chiefs have really struggled this year, offensively at least. Really three, but one he doesn't help with. One, he, they they got to fix the turnover issues, but that's separate. The red zone. It has been a problem, especially once they get inside of like the 10-yard line. They're just really struggling to punch it in. I think McCole really helps there. I mean, think back to the 49ers game last year. They are able to scheme stuff up for him. And when you have confined areas where he is able to use his speed to be able to get around the edge, he's really good in those areas, man. I can't take that away from him. And the other thing is just, in general, short yardage situations. If it's third and one and you've got McCall Hardman on the field and you use that motion where he's going to potentially go into the jet sweep, a defense has to respect that. And either he's going to get the ball and potentially convert it that way, or he's not going to get the ball. Maybe they fake it to him and then they throw it to him the way that they have a few different times. I know Tyreek used to run that play a lot. Or the third option, they fake it to him, hand it off to Isaiah Pacheco, and then it allows Pacheco to have a little bit more space up the middle. Like any of those things, any of the outcomes helps you in in short yardage situations, which has been a massive problem for the Chiefs so far this year. So I think he helps you in two of the three areas that you've struggled offensively so far this year. Again, it is not a magical elixir. This is not a guy that comes in and plays 80% of the snaps or anything crazy like that. He helps you in very specific situations. He is a really good guy to use in jet sweeps, the gadget stuff that they like to do. Maybe he's going to be better at it than Kadarius Tony. 
And you hope that Rasheed Rice is able to do the stuff that you really need to get done as like the actual wide receivery stuff. Yeah, I mean, if, if if he continues Rasheed Rice to move like we're seeing him and get better and, and his role increases to the Juju-style role, um, then McColl is just another addition of some of his gadget stuff and potential big play stuff. And that, and that with Travis Kelsey feels like a way that this offense improves. Yeah, I think – I don't think that McColl is – like he's a – 20% of the snaps kind of player still just kind of like everybody else in that wide receiver rotation, but he's easily the fastest wide receiver on the team. And he brings more juice that nobody else on the roster right now has. So I, I think Andy Reed's gonna knows how to maximize McCole Hardman. We've already seen them do that before. And so there's an opportunity for that to happen again here, but I think the biggest impact that he could have on this team this season. And I think the best role for him is as their full-time return man. And the Chiefs already waived Montrell Washington, who I actually think was doing like a decent job since stepping in yeah, as a return guy. It. Yeah, like after Richie James went down and Justin Watson has been a guy who's who's caught kicks for them before, like that Montrell Washington was doing a decent job. But we've seen McCall Hardman be really, really effective as a punt returner especially. And I think that that's a great role for him when he's not going to be a full-time member of the offense. And over the past couple of years, they stopped using him that way because he was involved in the offense much more heavily. So I think that's actually like the best case scenario for him to have a dramatic impact on the chiefs this season. So, so who, who is, who's losing snaps? Who is this? Who is affected the most? Y'all think by McCall Hardman eventually becoming um, a, a bigger part in this office. Cause somebody's going to have to lose, lose time. Justin Ross like that's that's my personal I, I don't think he like I think the the honest answer is early on it's it's Justin Watson like I think you're gonna see Rasheed Rice and McCole Hardman combine for some of the Justin Watson snaps and then Justin Ross was playing mostly in like red zone situations and I think now McCole has a lot of that role it's it's obviously different Ross no, was Justin be Ross wasn't playing guy. that much he wasn't playing that much to begin with I, I don't expect McCole to play all that much either that, that's what I'm saying is I think he gets like the Justin Ross five to 10 snaps a game. I think maybe go to McColl and then he eats into like five or 10 of Justin Watson snaps as well. I think he's going to be a 20 snap type of a player for you. You don't think Sky is affected by this? Maybe a little is, bit. I just, I, I don't think that Sky Moore has a role that McColl Hardman can play. I think both of them are incapable. This team still needs a wide receiver. Like that that's why I said if this is something where they're expecting McColl to be more than what he's capable of being, I think it's a terrible move. If this prevents you from going out and making a move that actually improves your wide receiver core, then you've made a horrible mistake. Because you should be still be going out there and finding somebody that can be a possession receiver for you. McColl has never been that, will never be that, should never be that for you. He has a role, it is very defined, and you know how to use him in that role. You get more out of him than what the Jets did. But you need to go out and get a Kendrick Bourne, a DeAndre Hopkins, um, maybe even Hunter Renfro. Like, get somebody that can just on third and six get you six yards. They need one more piece that can be utilized that way. Yeah, um, yeah. They, uh, we'll see. I mean, I think they did get better. I, I, I just, I, I do want to, I do want to move here because I am, I am beyond frustrated a bit 
by something that is 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 going on, and it really came to a to a head this week. Um, that hey, nothing to see here with this Chiefs offense. <laughs> hey, nothing to see here. You know what? They put up nineteen points. They seem to struggle repeatedly. They went one and five in the red zone, but it's not because they're struggling. It's because it's because they didn't want to. They were just ha- they were just having. They didn't take Denver serious. They haven't been taking this stuff serious. They're in all oh, my favorites. Some of my favorites. They're in practice. They're practicing in games. They're using this as a scrimmage. Okay. Thursday felt like a scrimmage to me. Okay. Okay. And yes, sort of, I heard you as one of the guys saying that, that yes, this looks like a scrimmage. This looks like a scrimmage. Yeah, they're not. They're, 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 they're not. They're not serious. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Like, it's just, this is six weeks, man. I looked in their eyes. I looked at Patrick Mahomes' eyes. Patrick Mahomes clearly appeared like, hey, they're trying to move the ball. They're trying to get the ball down. They're trying to score against them. They're trying to. They are just struggling. Now, I'm not saying that this isn't going to get fixed and that it can't get fixed. I continue to say, as I've said repeatedly, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, um, Matt Nagy, they've, they've got too many people over there on that in that room that can get this together and they will eventually get this together because they have the talent. And yes, they are five and one and they have been able to do things. But man, let's not disrespect this thing. Like I vehemently disagree with people that think the Chiefs just haven't been taking things serious and they're going to all of a sudden turn it on right now. All I know is last week, I'm not going to call any names, BK, but all I know is you said this has got to be the week. This is, and I'm with you. I'm with you, Jack. This has got to be the week. The uh, The Denver Broncos give up 36 points a game. They just let Justin Fields have a career day. Hey, you have a career day. Like, Oprah, you have one. Justin, you have one. Everybody, everybody get one. You get one. Hey, Zach Wilson, you get one. They a running game from the Jets. You get one. Who wants it? Who wants it? Hey, Dolphins, how many you want? 50? Nah, we'll take 70. Sure, you can have it. But you mean to tell me when they walked out there with 19 and they had to have Hunt Harrison come in here and save the day, like, ah, oh, they just did that because they practiced it. Oh, what here? They're running trick plays. No, Andy don't ever do that. No, no, no. That's unusual. Andy never does things where you scratch your head and you wonder, what the hell is that? You can't have it all. You can't have the thought of, hey, I hate and wonder why they get so cute the short yardage. And then watch him get cute in a game where they score 19 points against the Broncos and say, oh, no, man, they just practice it. I Listen, I, I just, I'm just saying I think we should take it a little bit more serious that just, just the Chiefs playing around scoring 19 points against the Broncos, that their offense – just hasn't hit it yet. Like it, it's real. It's not because they're they're just. I don't care. I mean, put up three hundred ninety yards. They're fine. I I think it is totally within Did reason. You say they're, they're fine. They're fine. Okay. I, I was also 
highly frustrated, especially in the first half with the way the Chiefs played in that game. Now, the second half wasn't any better offensively. Don't get me wrong. But at that point in time, I was like, okay, like we all kind of know what's happening here. They're going to do the thing with where they play with their food for four quarters and pretend like this is a scrimmage. And we all kind of move forward and say, this is stupid. The Chiefs didn't play well. They didn't take this seriously, blah, blah. And then we go into the next week and they score, you know, 27 to 30 points. And we get frustrated by the fact that they weren't highly effective against a Chargers defense that has been mostly not great this year. But, you know, it's Chargers game. That's always tight. And then they play against the Broncos again. And it's another close game. And then they'll take their game seriously against the Dolphins. Finally, like this is the stretch of the schedule that they're in right now. They are in the stretch that we have talked about many times, Ron. They do this. Almost every year, there's been a couple of years where they skipped it, but most of the seasons with Patrick Mahomes, you have one month somewhere in the schedule where they just kind of go into Andy shutdown mode. And they're going to score like 24 to 27 points a week. They're going to find ways to win. And then miraculously, everything's fixed about five to six weeks later. I don't think it's going to get fixed this week. I don't think it's going to get fixed next week, but... For some reason, this team can't seem to figure out the red zone situations and the short yardage situations. And until they do, it's going to look like that, where it is kind of herky-jerky and there's no real rhythm to anything that they're doing. And you're going to see Mahomes getting frustrated. You're going to see Kelsey getting frustrated. And I, I don't I don't really know right now that there's an obvious fix to that unless they just continuously target Travis Kelsey. I do think there's issues with the offense that they're still working through. Like, uh, I want to make that clear. But, yeah, I agree with BK that we, they, we see them do this every year. And it's not like the red zone issues, the turnovers, like all, all of the offensive struggles. Like, that's not that far off from things that they struggled at last year. And, and penalties and being sloppy and just playing sloppy football. Like, we go through this phase with them every single year. It's nothing new. It's just that this year there was more turnover in the wide receiver room than we're used to seeing. See, I, and so oh. that was the big question. And they still have to figure those things out, but they're still moving the football. They're still putting up a lot of yards. They're still picking up a lot of first downs. Like if they clean up the smaller things and, and get bet and get better at executing the offense, they'll start scoring points again because they're moving the ball fine. They're just not finding the end zone. I want to make this very clear. As I said, as I open this, I do believe that they will, they will be able to fix this like they have before. But this is not like other years. Because, oh, they struggled last year. Yeah, they had a couple of games. I've heard this one. This is another one of my favorite ones outside of their practicing and their scrimmaging in NFL games. By the way, if they are doing this, which I don't think Hall of Fame uh, coach Andy Reid is about this, if they are doing this with how terrible they have been offensively and how much new turnover it is, and they're just using this as practices and not taking it serious, well, that shame on them because they haven't been good enough to do that, which I don't believe that is the case. I just, I've heard this one. Well, they've done this last year. They've done this before. Let me tell you something. When Tyreek Hill was on this team and they had that little struggle where teams started playing different defenses against them, yeah, there was a little run when they ran through the NFC East where there was a bit of a struggle there. But you know what? We've seen them do it. We've seen Tyreek Hill. We've seen Travis Kelsey. 
We've seen it. Like, we've seen them together, and then we saw moments. Last year, I heard that, oh, they, they had a low last year. You know what they did week one? 44 points, 27, 40 points. They scored over 40 points twice in the first four weeks. They put up, th- they put up points to show, oh, yes, they can do this. We've just seen them struggle a little bit. They ain't put up nothing in six weeks except for one game against the sorry Bears. They put up 17 against Jacksonville, and we said, all right, they struggled against the Lions a bit offensively. There was just drop balls. They didn't have Kelsey. All right, they're going to come back, and they're going to show the offense. All right, okay, they put up 17. All right, bet. All right, the Bears game. All right, we know the Bears stink. That's cool. All right, here we go the next week. Here we go. The Chiefs are going to look like themselves in Minnesota against bad defense. No, against the Denver Broncos, against the worst defense. No, we just this group. The difference is we have not seen this group go off, right? We got receivers dislocating their elbows because they can't catch it. It, it. This is where we are. Oh, that right time, now. That, that's They're unfair. That, that was that was an unnecessary. I was letting you cook. That's unfair. Telling us they're not trying. We got guys this okay. You tell me there's not a problem. This the groups, even last year, they put up. We've seen it before when they went through a low. We can say, all right. All right, yeah, they had a they 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 had a little struggle a little bit there where they were they was I was like uh oh, it don't look good. But you know what? They put up 44 on the Niners. I'm sorry, man. Last year they go 44-27. They got a bad game against the Colts and then they come back 41-30-44-27-30-34. This this team has not come close to to doing any of that. And it ain't just 2 weeks. This is 6 weeks. That they've done this, and and how many how many really good defenses have they played? That the Jets are a pretty good defense. I mean, outside of the Jets, how many really good defenses have they played? Were you? I think, th- I think th- Detroit's okay, but that was a weird game. You didn't have Kelsey in it. Um, the Jaguars are okay. They're not great though. But I mean, your your point is your point is more than reasonable, Ron. I'm just like, saying we've if you- seen, we've seen we uh, the other years when they've had these lulls. We still had evidence that this group can go put up points and do that. Like we can't, we can't say they are there is they're devastated in the receiving core and understand that Kelsey is hurt and not a hundred percent and say, no, nah, I mean they just playing around. No, I, yeah. I hear you on you that. I, mean? I would also say like that I, I think a lot of those explanations, excuses, whatever you want to call them, are are kind of fair. For them right now, I would also add this, Ron. Like, do you think that Rasheed Rice is as good or better than what Juju Smith-Schuster was last year? I think he does. Uh, yeah, I think he's more talented, and what we're seeing, he has the potential to get there. Do you think that the Chiefs' offensive tackles are as good or better than what they had last year? Yes. Then why would we expect this offense long term to be worse? Because other than that. It's the same offense, man. Like, it's the same quarterback. It's the same running back. It's mostly the same coaching. Like, uh, other than Juju being replaced by Rasheed, basically, and your offensive tackles, these are the same dudes that we saw do it a year ago. I don't think long-term this is going to be a bad offense. I do think that the transition has been harder than I expected it to be. I I didn't think, like, I'm the 
idiot that said week one i'm excited to see what this looks like without travis kelsey and with all of these young and interesting and new wide receivers i was clearly over anticipating what this offense was capable of with the new pieces in it it's been a really hard transition i think mahomes more than anybody else has taken this more difficult than i thought he was going to i don't think mahomes is comfortable with the tackles with the receivers with any of it i, I think Mahomes say- is. I was going to say Mahomes and Kelsey are different. Kelsey, I would say due to injury potentially is not the Last same. Last week was Dev- the first time where I was like, okay, that looks like Kelsey. But even still, just it was better. There, were, there was better, but he still hasn't been the devastating mismatch with his speed. And I think some of that has to do with his injury, which I can understand. Mahomes, yeah, maybe there's some comfort things. But clearly, like Mahomes played at an MVP level from the jump. He's not been anything like that this year. That that's the biggest change. Like if we're being totally candid about what's changed with the Chiefs offense, it's this. The best quarterback in the history of, of football has not played well. Period. That's it. Like that that is what's really changed with the Chiefs offense this year. The turnover issues, who are those on? I, I mean, if we're being totally honest, most of them are on Mahomes. Now week one, that was on Tony. But since then, Mahomes has just thrown terrible passes that every defensive player in the NFL should be catching as interceptions. And if that gets fixed, and I am going to go out on a limb and think that it probably will at some point in the next 10 weeks, the offense should be okay. They do need a more reliable pass catcher, in my opinion. They need to add that at the trade deadline. But otherwise, I think this team's going to be okay offensively. But you are correct, Ron, that the biggest difference between this year and previous years is we had seen those groups do it at some point whether it was last year where they did it early on or previously where you're like hey it's Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in their prime I'm going to go out on a limb and say eventually they're going to get this thing figured out as they're going up against a cover two defense that they've seen their entire lives yeah I I mean I I mean I just say sir that that's what I'm saying is everything that you laid out and everything that I've laid out sir that's not just that they are bored that's not just that they are just waiting huh. to the playoffs start. That's not just that they're playing around and not taking opponents seriously. That is, they are just still not where they need to be yet. Well, and that's why I think it's all still a work in progress. But I do believe that they were doing that against the Broncos. They were not taking that game seriously. Okay. That that stupid fake that Andy decided to deploy on like fourth and two. After the game, Andy was like, yeah, it probably should have been a little bit shorter. Like we probably shouldn't have done that there. Yeah, I've seen great. I've seen Andy do really weird things in games that I know they're trying in, like the Jets game. I, I, I've seen him. Hey, hey, baby, here we go. Hey, Isaiah Pacheco rolling hard. Like every short yardage thing that he has almost done. Like games that he cares when he when he decided to go jet sweep on Rasheed Rice in the middle of a game on a fourth and one. Like all of this stuff is just like he does cute stuff. I just, I, I guess, I, just we, I guess we saw that differently. That they, they, in that Broncos game, they were just like, "Oh, we're good. We're just playing." It's, I think the most concerning thing for me moving forward, though, is that yeah, like we haven't seen a run yet. Like we haven't seen even like a half where they just like put it all together and drop like twenty eight points and a half or something like that. Like that's outside of Travis Kelsey. It's like nobody else has really been consistent. Rasheed Rice is popping here and there and showing that. 
he's probably the best playmaker outside of Kelsey in that passing attack, but I just need to see it in stretches. And I just hope they get that figured out before the dolphins game. Cause I think that's the one that really matters. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, and, and listen, I will stand the hell down. I'm telling you, I will stand. Listen, I'm not, I'm not somebody that's, Oh, Hey, I gotta be right. No, I will stand the hell down. But I'm telling you right now, like if they come back this week and just say, man, they just 40 ball the Chargers, then I will stand down and say, okay, they was playing around. They was playing around. They've been playing around for six damn weeks, except for a game against the Bears. Like, because that other side of the ball, they ain't playing around. They're, they're, they're dead ass serious. So I, I just, I just, that is, that is, that is annoying me. And when they go, and like in my mind, all I can think of, all I can envision is when they go in and they play the Dolphins and they can't score with the Dolphins when they need to, then people may say, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. I hope that's not the case. I hope they start to pick up some things. Throughout this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week for Chiefs and Chargers, we're betting big on the Chiefs rookie wide receiver in Rasheed Rice to have over 35 and a half receiving yards, as well as finding the end zone, building off of last week's big performance. We think Patrick Mahomes has got 250 passing yards in him, and we think the Chiefs cover at minus five and a half. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Licensee partner, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Whew. All right, we do this every week uh, when the Chiefs have the ball, have the ball. And to go along with what we're talking about, man, this, this is my thing, certain BK, is like I want to see a realistic identity from the Chiefs. I've always had a feel like I know what they're going to do. I know they're hey, they're big plays and they're scary you and then they'll back people up and then they'll 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 be so uh so on target with their short passing game and, and run after the catch. And they've got Patrick Mahomes to do things. And because of the fear of the big play, they'll take advantage of a lot of different things. Like you just don't, you're so, they're so unpredictable. Like you can understand what their identity is. Like this year, their identity to me feels, Hey Pat, run around for a bit or sit in the pocket for a bit and just wait till, wait till you can, you feel like you can throw the ball to Travis. And now Travis ain't going to be that far down the field. And maybe for five yards, but just sit around and watch. And, and watch. And against Denver, it was certainly that. And they're 5-1, and one, and we look at their schedule. We're going to start being honest about things and look at their schedule, the teams they play. We know what the expectation is and what the goal is, and that ain't going to be sustainable, in my opinion, to just have the runaround. Now, I can, in my, imagine, in my mind, imagine what it would be. Like, for me, I just – I. I thought it was inexcusable not to use Isaiah Pacheco more last week because that to me seems to be the form of what they they should be is run the much more run the ball and using him. I just I just want to see more of an offense that looks uh, smooth, that looks like we're accustomed to seeing, and not just disjointed or just off. That's the, that's the best way that I can describe is just they just look off every week. 
This team and, has no juice. This no. team has no juice right now. That's that's the biggest issue with it is there seems to be no ability to get explosive plays in the passing game. And when they don't have anything going explosive in the passing game, it doesn't look like what you're used to seeing from Patrick Mahomes. Now, last year, we saw a little bit of this. There were times where they struggled to get the explosives, but they typically would figure it out. Like over a four-week stretch, there'd be two games where they really struggled with it, one game where they were exceptional getting deep, and then one game where they were just okay. This year so far, it's been like one game that they've had some explosive plays through the air, and then everything else has mostly been at or near the line of scrimmage. And the only guy that's really been able to get deep in any sort of a consistent way is Justin Watson. And now he's no longer going to be available for the foreseeable future. Marcos Valdez-Scantling needs to show up. He's a guy that has to start showing up in that capacity. You've got to be able to connect with him on some of those deep balls. And if you can't, well, then just put McCall Hardman in that role because I know that he's at least capable of doing some of the other stuff. And if MVS can't do any of the other stuff and he's not getting deep successfully, well, then let's go back to McColl and see what that looks like. But otherwise, like you're right, Ron, this doesn't have a real identity yet. I do think it's an offense, though, that can develop one. Like, oh, absolutely. I think this is an offense that, to your point, should be more run heavy. I think Pacheco has earned that opportunity. And then I think that you could be a little bit of a play action type of a team, like less of the RPO true and more of the true play action sets. Rasheed Rice should be able to thrive in that regard. Travis Kelsey certainly could with some more of those like over the middle, maybe a little deeper type of passes up the seam. I think this is a team that can get there, but they right now have no identity offensively whatsoever. They don't do anything well enough to have an identity. Yeah. And real quick, Caserta, you've been, you've been a, uh, you've taken the, the gun to MVS multiple times more than anybody uh, that I know. I heard you on the post game uh, sniping him out again early in it. Um, I mean, you get really emotional when you talk about it in your voice. Do you all seriously, you talked about the deep routes. What routes do you see him running? Like, do you see him down the field? I Like I, maybe I'm tripping. I'm just like, we're, like, I don't even see go routes with him. From who? I don't even, From MVS? MVS. Oh yeah, he's a sprinter. He's 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 running wind sprints all day long. That's it. I just don't. I don't. But I don't. But I don't. It doesn't seem like he is down the field all the time. Like well, it, it seems like it's, it's Justin Watson. They, it's, 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 they send him and Watson deep, and then like BK was saying, a lot of it's just around the line of scrimmage stuff. Like MVS isn't out here breaking off like curl routes fifteen yards down the field or something like that. Like he just doesn't do that stuff. No, I, no, I, I hear you. I, I'm just saying the thing that you would think he's like the, the go routes, the down the field stuff. I just I remember him down the field a lot more often last year than I generally see him now. He just it just like anytime they like I don't even like we've watched Mahomes. He'll throw the thing in double coverage down the field. I, I mean, I've watched him throw it to Justin Watson or throw it to people. I don't even see like I don't even see MVS down the field. It's like they're not even running those routes with him as much. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I need to really go watch the all twenty two. I can't believe I just said that. Uh, go go watch that to really oh, but see. But I it think, just it, it just doesn't seem like is that MVS is still being treated like he's the veteran member of this offense because he is because they're so young. And when he's on the field, it's not even that he's not like getting opportunities. Like Mahomes isn't even targeting him. Like he's no, not he making no, he plays they don't even throw at all. Like he's not making an impact 
whatsoever. All of his snaps are just giving you absolutely nothing. And that's what you can't have. Like you gotta be, you gotta get something out of somebody who's on the field and Sky Moore and MBS are basically just doing absolutely nothing when they're on the field. For the and this is why Rasheed needs to play like 80% of the snaps. When he's on the field, he's been incredibly productive, like among the most productive receivers on a per snap basis this year in all of football. You you can't keep that guy on the bench anymore. I know what, what they're probably trying to do, Ron. They're, they're trying to slow play it. And they want to wait until after the bye week. And then week 11, they'll try to unleash him against the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. I, you can't wait that long. Like, it's time. Now. Now is the time where you need to go out there. You had the long week coming off of Thursday Night Football. Now is the time when it, it's time for him to get legit start, starter snaps. You should be playing 80% of the snaps the way the rest of the way forward. Like, I just, for me, it's just like even MVS running, like running to run coverage off. To run cup, like to run to to make a safety respect him, to uh to to even open up you know intermediate stuff to Kelsey or Rice or anything. I just it it is like for me he'd be running damn near go routes every time just to at least to do that. And I don't even I think like, that's what I he's doing for what it's worth. But he it's just the, the problem just, is none I, of the other stuff is effective right now. I just I don't even see it. Like I just I like I don't even. Like I don't even see his it's, maybe it's just because they're not even they're not throwing his way. It's, it just seems like he's the only thing he can do though. Like because he doesn't break tackles. Like he's not he's well, not no, a guy that's no, gonna he doesn't catch get the ball to break and break up. But he does. But he doesn't he doesn't do that. Like he doesn't ever do that. Like yeah, he there's doesn't a reason the they don't try to get him over the middle of the field and get him into space because he doesn't break tackles. I honest like, to God, that kind of player. I, I listen. listen. I this is six weeks now, and we and we just bang really hard. And when I say we, I'm talking about the Chiefs, like bang on the on the the receivers, really hard. I I just to some of the stuff in terms of where you're playing. I don't. I I honestly don't think they're being put as well as 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 much in the right positions either. I like. I don't think. I don't think that they are the role, whatever the roles are. I don't think they're being put in the best positions every week possible to be doing with some of the things they're doing. I just, I, I am really disappointed to me in the coaching that I am seeing with these guys. Some of it is, is them and they're not being ready or whatever, but some of this, I just, I don't, and, and not just the the coaching, the quarterback, right? Like the, the, the quarterback too. Like, and by the way, the other part of this, is this going to be the week where we get to see Patrick Mahomes? And not this this guy that this other guy. When you when you say that, what are you looking for? Well, I I just want to see the guy that plays at an MVP level, the guy that plays at the the the, the level of the one of the best in the game, if not the best in the game, and not a guy that's just like his interceptions are excusable or inexcusable. Like that one last week, that's just ridiculous. Um, and he's off on passes. Like he's he's been short. He's been off on passes. Now Justin Watson dropped the hell out of that when there have been some other things. And God, he'd still be here uh if he didn't if he didn't if he went ahead just Watson caught the hate, ball. Man. I don't understand. It's not hate. I'm just saying that man that man in his dropping of the ball dislocated his elbow because he dropped the ball. Like he had to put his hands out. If he'd have caught it, he would have just caught the ball and gone down. But no, I I, I want to see the guy that 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 makes guys around him better especially receivers and makes these guys and like he's like at some point you got to help with the confidence 
I mean, I've, I've literally watched him. As I said, I don't, I, I don't know these routes that MBS is running. I don't, I don't see him down the field as much as I would think he would be, especially if that's the only thing he does well. It sort of tells me. But I, I mean, I watched Mahomes just flat out bypass wide open receivers to to find a, to 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 buy an extra tick or two to let Kelsey come open or come close to open. I mean, I, listen, Sky Moore has sucked. And as you said, it's not really done anything. I watched Scott Moore multiple times, not have a, not have anybody within five yards, ten yards of him, be open, look to be one of the first reads, and Pat just bypass him. And I just like I like I, some of this is going to be on him, and I and I I don't think we've seen him play at a Patrick Mahomes level. Maybe in the Bears game. I don't think we've seen that. And he's a shit. errant throws, errant this. Like, I just like, and we keep we, we keep putting it all on the receivers. But at some point, like, we can't just keep ignoring. And I get it. And I and I run different. Like, I expect the most out of the great ones. Like, I don't look at the great ones and the Chiefs offense is rolling and then I'm, it's struggling and I'm looking over here at, at MVS. Like I just, I, I'm hoping this is the week we start to see the the, the MVP. I, I don't know that this is going to be it. To be honest with you, if we're going to see it, I think it's next week probably. The the Chargers consistently make things really hard on the Chiefs. Like Brandon Staley, for all of the issues that he has as a head coach, and there are plenty. He's a a bad head coach, and the Chargers are an abomination compared to what they should be with the talent that they have available to them. However. Every year against the Chiefs, this is Brandon Staley's Super Bowl. He's going to come up with an awesome game plan. It's going to frustrate the hell out of Patrick Mahomes and this entire Chiefs offense. And they will find a way by toothpicks and bubble gum to get to like 27 points. That That's kind of the way this typically goes. So I don't think this is the week that you look back and you say to yourself, man, that was the week that Mahomes got back to being the MVP candidate that we've known him to be. But if if you're expecting him to be a little better, I, I think that that can absolutely happen this week. And the biggest way that that happens is he just prevents the interceptions. He he has to stop with these like one or two just horrendous passes a week that are complete backbreakers for the offense. And if he does that, I think that's a step in the right direction. But no, I, I would not predict that this is the week he gets back to MVP form. I hope oh, I'm wrong, man. Sorta, he's killed the Chargers. <laughs> like, he's, like, he's had some great... It's- I mean, the games have been close. Like yeah, the last year in, in LA, he killed the Chargers. I think, but like a lot of their recent matchups have more been like not necessarily Mahomes like carving them up stat line wise. It's more like 253 scores and he like made big plays to put them in a position to win. Like the right. like the overtime win a couple years ago where like tra- Travis Kelsey broke free and like ran for a touchdown. Like like it's that those kinds of performances, but I don't, he doesn't normally like cook the Chargers defense. He's yeah, it's facing, typically around like six or seven yards per attempt. He's going, thank you. He's going against primarily what many people believe another top ten quarterback, and he clearly he clearly shows to be the best quarterback on the field. Like clearly shows over Herbert in those games to yeah. be the best quarterback on the field, Agreed. and. If he plays the way he has played the first six weeks, that is not – I'm not sure that that's the case. 
Like, that's what I'm saying is that if the dude that's played the first six weeks walked in some of those Chargers games, the Chiefs would have lost them. Like, it's the guy that's been playing like this. And, listen, I still believe he is the best quarterback in the world. He just not hasn't shown it. And I'm, I'm waiting. All right, is it week seven? Is it week seven where the MVP returns? All right, when the Chargers have the ball, listen, the Chargers have a lot of names and a lot of guys over there where their offense you feel like should be better than eking out 24 points at home against the Raiders, eking out 17 points. And I know the Cowboys are good. Now, mind you, we just talked about Justin Herbert. This is a fellow who just missed two wide-open touchdown passes because he couldn't get them to him. But still, they scored 17 against them, 24, something like that, against the, the Titans in overtime. You would think that they would be better than that, but they haven't been. And I think the Chiefs defense should be able to perform pretty well. What is the what's the matchup that that you think is the most pivotal in this game for the Chiefs defense? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty simple. Um, I, I want to see what what I think is going to be the big time uh, matchup in this one. I, I want to see what we're going to end up being able to find out about Trent McDuffie against Keenan Allen. Now, Keenan Allen plays the majority of his snaps inside. He's going to line up in the slot. Justin Jefferson previously played the vast majority of his snaps in the slot. This year, though, he's been lining up a lot more on the outside. And the reason why I bring that up is because going into that Vikings game, I kind of assumed that we would see Trent McDuffie against Justin Jefferson. You wanted to see that being Legereus Sneed, who got the vast majority of those snaps one-on-one against Justin Jefferson. And Sneed was great, as he was last year when he went up against, you know, Devontae Adams or any of the other opportunities that he got lined up one-on-one following number one wide receivers. Well, Keenan Allen is the only wide receiver you have to worry about against the Chargers. Trent McDuffie has been, I think, the best corner for the Chiefs this year. Maybe it's 1A, 1B with Legereus Sneed. Let's find out what he looks like against the number one wide receiver. He didn't get the matchup against Jefferson. I want to see what he looks like this week against Keenan Allen. I think he's more than up for the challenge, but this is going to be one of those where it'll kind of inform some of the decisions moving forward. If he holds up well, you don't have to move Legereus Seed into the slot against future number one wide receivers that primarily line up there. If he doesn't, if he struggles, maybe you consider doing that. Sort of BK is hell-bent on trying to get spags to make this man a follow corner this wouldn't even be a follow though he just stay stay where you're at don't don't put legerious need in the slot let keenan allen go up against mcduffie it's not gonna happen if there is somebody they'll honest to god i think he will put legerious need in the slot what was what what did legerious need play his entire career with the chiefs prior to to slot what uh, is, what what's one of the major reasons why he's done it? Where he's putting with these type of receivers because it was Devonte Adams. There were a couple of other bigger receivers that, uh, with the Chargers last year. Mike Williams. He normally cut the Chiefs, but he's out. Is yeah. Rashad Fenton working? By the way, remember that's when he lost his job. But he kept doing that. He kept be he kept putting him on these guys. It's gonna be Sneed. I know you want this. I know you can taste it, PK. It's, it's not going to happen. It's Chad not. Matthews, Arizona Cardinals right now. 
this is the game this is the game it's gonna happen man it's gonna happen i believe it's gonna happen uh, i I think too why it's probably gonna be uh legerious need i think (laughs) come on man you you even faked me out there is because well and i think sneed after kind of starting slow dealing with the knee thing looks great now and like looks like he is totally back and he has been lights out in coverage too and just hit his i i agree that like Keenan Allen's length could be a problem. So I could totally see the Chiefs just game planning that, like Legarius Seat's just going to follow Keenan Allen around. Yeah, he's going to, his okay. physicality that I, I think so. If you guys are right, the only, they, only other, only way is if they, if they bracket and they have, you know, somebody else like basically, you know, doubling him at all times and then saying, Sneed, you go and shut down Joshua Palmer. And we'll keep you with him. That that may be the only. But I think if if Keenan Allen, if he doesn't start with it, if Keenan Allen starts getting loose, like what did he have? Twenty seven catches against the Vikings. If he'll if he starts getting loose, I mean he had like twenty six targets in that game or something. It was seventeen catches. (laughs) Yeah, seventeen catches of like twenty six targets. But like if he start, he gonna move him over. He gonna move him over. He didn't think. He didn't think once about McDuffie on, was, on Jefferson. Not once. 18 receptions for 215 yards on 20 targets. My God. Uh, for Keenan Allen against Minnesota. If if what you guys are saying is correct, if it proves to be true that they end up going with Legereus Need against Keenan Allen in the slot, they have to resign Legereus Need. Like that, that is the takeaway that I would have from this game if that ends up being the usage for those two players, because then you would be telling the players, us, everybody involved. Legereus Sneed is by far our number one corner. And no matter where the best receiver is from the opposition, Legereus Sneed is the guy that we trust to go up against him. And you need at that point to bring back Legereus Sneed. I think you can already make that case. But after this game, if they do that, it is a no doubt about it. You have to bring that guy back. Hey, hey, dog. Hey, for real. I think you may be the only person that's holding out hope that that is not the case. Who is the best receiver? I I think they're both elite players. I think they're really good, yeah. but, but, but but, But you're saying... That that he is without a shadow of a doubt the Chiefs' number one corner is it, it, it is it's Legarius Sneed. There is no I mean I don't know without, if I agree with that though. I it, think Trent McDuffie is their best corner. Like I know they haven't been using him that way, but I I think he's their best guy. Okay, well, let's take you out of it. What they think, what they think. You just said that what what they think right. is clear. The best receiver in football. It's Justin uh, Jefferson, and they said you get him. I mean, it's I, hard for me to discount size, what you're saying. I don't know why you play like yes. see, it's quite a bit bigger than McDuffie. <laughs> they said Devonte Adams, the second best receiver potentially in football. You get him. Okay. We'll, we'll learn a lot more against and the now, Miami Dolphins. We'll, we'll, we'll learn more against the Dolphins. Who ends up getting Tyreek? That that'll well, be the no, real. No, no, that's a different. He's a different type of an animal. I mean, that's okay. that's McDuffie. That's deploy McDuffie. That's, and thank you, thank you. See, that's see, you need it for that. That's not deploy McDuffie by himself. That's deploy <laughs> anybody with help. The National the Guard. That's just that's deploy a different. That's a guard. different type of thing. My man BK said Keenan Allen's the one. That will make me that will make me decide. I do real quick while we hear real play. quick, Ron, before you get to it, since we mentioned him. If they could have a do-over, would they just pay Tyreek Hill? I no. think the answer is still no, but my god, would. man, every week that I watch him, it's like holy hell, yeah. that guy is good. I just don't I don't think what Tyreek is doing in Miami right now is something that would have been replicated here in Kansas City. That's fair. 
because that's he's, that's yeah. his offense. Like, and it was never going to be his offense. I think he's it ended got, up working out for both sides in a strange way. And I and I think he's got the perfect dude that's going to run everything to make him at his absolute best. He found Patrick Mahomes found Andy Reid. He found his Andy Reid. That's when it comes to that. All right. One thing also before we we move to the to the game that's sweeping the nation. This is actually the first game that Charles Amenahue will be able to be available. And he was, I'd say, their number one defensive uh, addition in the offseason. He had the suspension for six weeks, and now he is back. And this will be one to watch. That defensive line has been pretty good, and everybody has started to understand their spots. He is a guy that is a, 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 a big-time run d- defender and – a versatile guy that can kick inside and outside and a pretty good pass rusher. Uh, and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see him and Chris Jones and, and, and that whole crew and George in there. This will be the first game to be able to see him. That's one I'm really looking at uh, in this game. I'll be curious to see what his role is early yeah. on. I, I think there's a lot of guys that he, you can pull snaps from them for a mini hue. Like Mike Dana, I, I think basically is the exact role that by the end of the year, you'll expect a mini hue to take where he can kind of line up inside, outside, wherever. Dana, by the way, has been awesome this year. That's another guy you Absolutely. might want to look at re-signing. Um, he played 90% of the snaps against Denver. You, you don't want him playing 90% of the snaps. It's not a shot against him as a player. You just don't want any defensive lineman up to that degree. Maybe you pull 15 snaps from him, and maybe instead of FAU getting on the field, he's probably going to be a guy that ends up mostly sitting on the sideline now. Malik Herring, he had 20 snaps against the the Broncos. Maybe he gets like 5 to 10 now. He gets kind of more into the FAU role. He's he's played well, too. He's been fine. Um, You you get now like 30 snaps uh, from from Uzama, or excuse me, from from a Minihue in week one. I think that's kind of what you're looking at. Get him 20 to 30 snaps, get his feet wet a little bit, and then coming out of the bye, that's probably where you really see him getting to that legit number one defensive end type of a role. Yeah, I just want to see the looks and how they're going to deploy him because he's a guy that they're going to move inside and outside, and we know that they do that with Mike Dana too. And the Chiefs' best defensive line has been George Karloftis, Mike Dana, and Chris Jones with – like that, those three on the field in some combination of who whoever else is it going to be, be that other person. on the interior? Yeah. And like, I I really want to see what that looks like and the kind of problems that they can give opposing offensive lines because this is a pretty good matchup against this Chargers team for their defensive line. Like the Chargers offensive line, I think ahead of the season was thought to be like it could be a lot better this season and take a step, and they haven't really been great. And like Rayshon Sayer supposed to be their star tackle and. He struggled a little bit this season. So I just want to see how they're going to deploy him and how Spags is going to utilize him and just the personnel groupings that they're going to use along the defensive line. Ron, what you just said is actually really interesting about how you could utilize him where like the best defensive line this year so far has been basically like Chris Jones with Karloftis and Mike Dana. And you said just put him out there as the fourth guy. That's yeah. the thing about a Minihue and Karloftis and Dana is that any of those three, you can run stunts, stunts with them where like yeah. one guy crashes inside, the other goes outside, or you can run some stunts with uh, maybe uh, one of the linebackers that's coming up. Leo Chanel is, is going to come on a blitz potentially. Like there's a lot of stuff that you can do with those pieces because of how interchangeable they are. Any of those four players that we just mentioned can play tackle, can play end, and are really good in both of them, including Chris Jones. So I, 
I'm fascinated to see what they're going to be able to do with those guys, especially when Steve Spagnolo, who's had a great year, by the way, yeah, uh, to coordinating this defense, when he's the guy that ends up pulling the trigger on all of this stuff, man, I'm, I'm excited to see it. All right, uh, sort of go ahead and get my music here. The game that is sweeping the nation. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Certified or imposter? I give a statement. You say it's certified or it's an imposter. Here we go. Serta, I'll throw this to you first. The Chiefs offensively are missing Eric Bieniemy. The Chiefs offensively are missing Eric Bieniemy. Certified or imposter? I think that's imposter, but not because I, I don't think that there's a small chance that they that there is some like we just miss having the presence that is Eric Bieniemy in that locker room. Despite what popular belief is, he was a really like well loved coach in that organization, and. I think that he's doing some good things in Washington, but at the end of the day, like Matt Nagy's got a role and he's got influence on the offense or whatever, but this is still Andy Reid's offense. And he doesn't like, like Matt Nagy didn't come in and like all of a sudden take control from Andy Reid. Like this is still Andy Reid's thing. So I'm not putting the, any of the offensive struggles on Eric B not being here. anymore. I'm going to say something Ron, And I want chiefs fans to know there's context that matters here. I'm going to say certified. I am too. Go ahead. I want to know if we're on the same thought process. I think this team does miss Eric being to me, but I don't think it's like schematically. I, I don't think it's any of that stuff. I think where they miss him is Ron. You, you've had a lot of producers in, in your tenure, mostly with uh Serta, who's obviously a good one, but otherwise, you know, you've, you've worked with a lot of different people and there's, there's good and there's bad producers, but you always have somebody that's in your ear. You got a good producer and they're able to give you ideas of what you should be doing within a segment, within a show, whatever, how to produ- how to um, move the show forward. It, it helps you as a host a lot. And I think one of the things that Eric Bieniemy would be doing this year with Andy Reid is just saying in his ear as a producer, essentially, or offense coordinator, whatever capacity you want to call it, just run the bleeping ball, Andy. Isaiah Pacheco is playing well. Our running game is working. Just run the bleeping ball. Or you get into a third and short, and he, he's asking, hey, what, what do you think we should go with here? And Bienemy just tells him, like, hey, get Pacheco, line him up, let's get with two tight ends, and let's go f- straight ahead. In those exact same situations, I think Matt Nagy is saying, let's get cute. Because that was his role previously. If you guys remember, early on in his tenure with the Chiefs, he was the guy that was coming up with all the trick plays. He was the guy that was coming up with all the interesting, fun, unique stuff that they were trying to run. And there's... That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just a different role to have next to Andy Reid. So I think there's some of that. And then maybe more importantly, it's just like the discipline stuff, man, where you're just on time, making sure everything looks crisp. And I don't think they look that way sometimes this year offensively. So those are the two areas where I think they do miss Eric Bieniemy. It's not necessarily schematically. I think they're running a lot of the same stuff that they have previously, but it's just the having a guy that's going to be on everybody's ass at all times, that's it. it can get super annoying, but it matters over the long haul. So that's I do think they miss it. him. It is certified to me. And listen, I, I was as, am as big an Eric Bieniemy supporter. Um, and I believed he should have gotten 
exactly what his predecessors, his two predecessors ahead of him got, which was head coaching jobs. But I wasn't no fool. This was Andy Reid's offense, right? This is, as 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 Serta said, this is Andy's offense. It was Andy's offense with Drew, or with Drew. When Peterson was here, it was Andy's offense when Nagy was here, and it was Andy's offense when Eric was here, right? I'm not going to say they those guys didn't have some impact or whatever, but this was Andy's offense. We know it was, all right? And I thought it would be, it would be ridiculous that Eric was the one that, when things went wrong, it was his fault, but when things went right, it was Andy. It was the weirdest thing, like how – how sometimes Andy, it was Andy's offense, and then when it was bad, it had to be Eric calling plays, which was incredible. But who is who's the a hole? Who's the bad cop? Who is in there? Like, like let, Joe let's, Cullen. Thank you. Let's 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 go to the point and 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 say, all right there is some lack of focus. Now, I don't think that those guys are not just playing around and not taking stuff serious and just scrimmaging, but I do think there is a lack of focus sometimes to the point you made, BK, of discipline and things like that to where guys are running the wrong routes, uh, procedure calls, penalties, just, just things looking off. There's one dude who would be Andy's bad cop. There's one dude who got no problem getting in the stars' butts. I can remember the game against the Colts where him and Travis are going at it. It seems to be the Colts. Then the Colts last year where him and Patrick are going at it. Right? Like he he, he is not gonna stand for it. And he is going to be that that a-hole that Andy and the rest of the staff needs. And he is going to be on people's cases demanding the excellence that that offense is supposed to give. And I don't think they have anybody doing that. There's a, there's an Eric B enemy. He'd be the one ripping ass in the locker room after that performance against the, the, the Broncos in the first half. Like he would, he wouldn't stand for it. And you're right. There would be, let's run the ball stuff. There would like, so I do think they miss him and his version of the, the one because I don't think they got nobody. That ain't Matt. You know, Matt. Matt's gonna give you a hug or something, some cookies. That ain't that. That's not. That's not him. It's certainly what Matt Kafka either. Like they're not. That, that's not what they. They missed that part of him. All right, predictions uh, in this game. I'll go first. Chargers. I think the Chiefs will win at home. They'll take a stranglehold on this division. Uh, to me, which but it is weird. The Raiders are three and three somehow going to the Bears, uh, but. Garoppolo's not playing, so we'll see how that goes. But I think they'll win, and I I still don't believe that this offense is going to just flip the switch this week, but I do think the Chiefs' defense is absolutely for real. So I'm going to say 24-17. to I think it'll be a one-score game, a touchdown game. I'll go Chiefs 24, Chargers 17. We'll go next. I've got similar – I think that it'll be – not low scoring, but relatively speaking, 27-23 is what I've got. I think the Chargers cover in this one. I think it ends up being really, really close. Um, and I think the Chiefs find a way to win as they typically have in this series. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you guys. I think it's close like it always is against this team, but the Chiefs ultimately pull it out. Maybe it's a pick six. Maybe it's 
turnovers or, or something, but ultimately they wind up winning, and I think the Chiefs will pull it off 27-24. I do hope this is the week that I come back here next week and this Chiefs offense has put up 35, and you're like, uh-oh, okay, we see it now. We see it now, but I do think they'll get a win, and they move to 6-1 and one with another boring game against the Broncos coming up. They can really, really put this AFC West uh, to bed. All right, we are out.